Any views expressed in this program do not necessarily represent those of WSIC. All systems are a go. Ladies and gentlemen, hold on to your seats. Taking care of Iredell with North Carolina State Representative Jeff McNeely is about to begin in five, four, three, two, one. Good morning, Iredell County. Hope everybody's doing well. Weather's been a little rough. Um, great to be back. Uh, unfortunately, my show's on Mondays, and so is Christmas and New Year's. So I got I got whacked, as they say, there twice, and I missed everybody. And, and the bad thing is, is I'm kind of back. I'm actually having to pre-record this show. Uh, I've got to speak at the annual Soil and Water Convention down in Durham today. I got to be there at twelve o'clock, and unfortunately, I'm not Superman. I can't make it there fast enough, so I had to do a pre-recorded show. But I wanted to do a show instead of doing one of my older ones, just because I there's just a lot going on, and I think it needs stuff needs to be out there. Um, just letting you know, uh, forty seventy seven interchange. All except for a punch list of stuff that's got to be done. A lot of it's going to be some repaving on 77 South, so don't freak out just yet. They're, they're, the barrels may be pretty much gone, but they're not done. We'll have to wait till the weather warms up a little bit to get back and fix the problems we got. So this is kind of like getting in a house at the end. You know, they call it the punch list. We've got this and that and the other. So keep your eyes out. If you see things that you think we need to fix that haven't been, please let me know, and I'll be glad to pass it along, being chair on transportation. I'll put the word into them. Uh, like I said, going to speak at a soil and water convention down there today. Uh, I think there's uh, 96 different soil and water districts all through the whole state. So pretty much about every county has one. Some county, there's a couple of counties combined uh, that represent, and, and they do a really, really critical service for our state in the areas of conservation and stabilization of our of our environment. Um, you know, and I've worked really hard. Uh, to help increase their funding over these last two budget cycles. And, and people may say, well, what, what does soil and water do? Well, uh, let me tell you what. Um, they're the ones that actually try to make sure that we don't have these huge erosion issues. And, and, and if you look and see what's happened, I don't know how many of y'all remember back to the, we'll call it the tropical depression. To me, it was just a devastation of when all that rain fell. I think it was in 2000. Uh, I think it was in 19 uh, when that storm come through and dumped about eight, nine, ten inches of rain on us, and we had all kind of bridges washed out. Well, what happened there was because of the lack of being able to get our streams restored and wherever the flow was good, we had a lot of backup, and it caused severe flooding real quick, and a lot of it was piled up against the bridges, and the bridges didn't become bridges. They became more like dams. And, and the force of the water with not being able to flow through the bridge took the bridges out. And, and caused millions of tens of millions of dollars worth of damage, not only to roadways and bridges, but to, to people's houses, land. I mean, just devastating. So that's one of the things that soil and water, when they're able to get funded, they try to do stream restoration. And, and what you're doing there is you're, you're cleaning the debris out. You know, uh, you're, you're trying to make sure that the water's able to get from one end to the other and go where it's got to go without ponding up so bad, and then all of a sudden the dam breaks or the, the whatever's blocking the stream breaks, and, and next thing you know, the water's everywhere, and, and a huge a huge amount of it. And, and then Mother Nature and her force take over. So um, it's real important. Uh, 
we actually put about a billion dollars into the uh, 21-22 budget to help all over the state because this is what happens a lot down east too. <clears throat> they get inundated with a hurricane and it dumps you know a foot of water, rain, 12 inches or 15 inches or whatever. And, and because of that, there's just ungodly flooding because the water can't travel back out to the ocean. That's where it's eventually going to all go. It can't get out because of the blockages that we have in our streams and our rivers. And so we've worked really hard to realize this problem. And we've seen it after a couple big hurricanes down there. And so this is a big thing. <clears throat> and it's also going to help us on the ag side because... Sometimes the floods, actually the floodwaters come back into where the lagoons are. And, and then we get a mixture of sewage, you know, from animal waste and whatnot into the into our streams and stuff. And it's not really the farmer's fault that the streams were not well kept up or the river and creeks were not well kept up. And it flooded their property. So a lot of important stuff going on. I feel like I've been a good force in this, trying to help them, and we've really increased our funding. I know they got about a total of close to $40 million in the 21-22 budget, and they got them around, I think, uh, helped work, and I think they got close to $28 million in this last budget. So, And before that, uh, very little funding at all. So I uh, think I've really tried to help be critical, and they appreciate that. They always like for me to come down and talk with them, so I'm going to do that on uh, today here, Monday, as you're hearing me talk, I'm traveling down now. So uh, important stuff. Uh, stuff, you know, these are the things that are not real fancy that nobody really looks at, but yet they've got to be taken care of. And there's a series of dams that are on the South Yadkin River that have been there forever, and we're going to have to address that. I think they're a PL6. 566 is what they are. PL 566 is how they're listed. That's a fancy term and a terminology for the water levees that we've installed. And they've been there probably 50 years or more. And so they really need some attention. And that's the next thing I'm going to work on is trying to make sure we get some state funding to go along with the federal to keep this up. Because if those, those water levees, those dams break, we will have some serious issues next time we have a huge rain event. And, and it seems like that these 100-year storms they talk about come about every other year. So I think they need to change their terminology there a good bit. Well, sliding on into the next thing, Donald Trump, he's in court again. And this time, you know, he's in Illinois. So you had Colorado, you had Maine. Uh, the Democrats have decided they're going to go ahead and try to figure out every way they can to make this man exhaust all of his money in the court systems, defending himself here, there, and whatever. Uh, you know, this is all about the January 6th. They say he was an insurrection and that he led that. We have not had a case yet. We have not had due process. He has not been convicted of that. But yet all these different states have decided they're going to take him off of their ballot. So now he's suing them, of course, and that's what they want because that's how the Democrats like to roll. Uh, you know, we have a saying, sue till, sue till you're blue. So... Uh, he is going to be on the North Carolina ballot. There is a case in the Supreme Court brought by a Stokes County man wanting him uh, to take off ours, but the, our Board of Elections did vote, even though they're Democrat-led, they did vote to go ahead and keep him on. So, you know, this is crazy. That's all this is. This is craziness. Now, what they've really done is, it's a smoke and mirrors thing, where... Uh, while they're going after and villainizing Donald Trump, Joe Biden is the only candidate on the Democrat side. So all the other people that had filed for president on the Democrat side and run, they've obviously been swept under the carpet. 
And I don't know how many Democrats realize that they, they all of a sudden, their choice, if they wanted to make another choice than Joe Biden, they don't even have that chance. It's done. It's gone. So Joe Biden is the only option for Democrats on the presidential ticket. Hmm. Is that democracy? We always hear about how the Republicans are trying to go after democracy. Is that democracy? I hope people are out there paying attention and understand how this works. And I hope they understand that due process has not happened. And that's a really important part of our judicial system is to allow things to play out and see whether somebody is actually guilty or innocent. Until they're proven guilty, they are innocent. So this is interesting. Uh, we got a break coming up here right now, so we're going to pay the bills and do our commercial. But don't forget, we got Gray Mills coming on the second half of the show. I think it's going to be really good. So just hold tight. We got about another 10, 15 minutes till we get to him. All right, folks, be right back. All right. Back here, heading towards the middle of the show. Uh, had a lot going on this past week. One thing I did want to bring out uh, is uh, I know a lot of you uh, saw the tragedy of the officer being slain over in Greensboro, and I, I pray for the family and the friends of Sergeant Philip Dale Nix of Greensboro. Um, he was shot when he was off duty and killed uh, over the theft of five cases of beer. Uh, this is a sad statement in our world right now that uh and the five cases of beer supposedly were swapped for drugs so you have two 18 year olds and a 28 year old who were arrested and i think one of the things about this too is it brings up a little bit i'm gonna find my little thing here so i can make sure i got it um we passed something back in 2016. It took effect really in 2019, and it was called Raise the Age. Uh, and that was before I got to the House, but I've seen the ramifications of it. And basically what that is is, you know, now these are going to be, if they were younger, they would be charged anyway. This is a homicide. But what has happened with this, it, it, was, it was a bad idea. It was a bad idea. I know a lot of people on the left will argue that, you know, these young people were incarcerated. But before that, the 16-year-olds could be charged as an adult in North Carolina for a lot of the maybe not serious crimes, but for definitely uh, crimes that uh, catch our attention, the breaking and enterings, the stuff like that, the, the lower felonies, the definitely number one misdemeanors. And and so when we passed this, we basically said, okay, we're you know we're going to try you as a juvenile, which is totally different, folks. The juvenile court versus uh, where the, the the we'll say the adult court goes, uh, two different avenues. And and when you're juvenile, those cases are sealed. So once you become 18, there's no looking back or whatever. But what that did basically is is it allowed the gangs, and yes, we have them in North Carolina, a lot of them to go and target younger and younger kids to do their dirty work, to do the stealing, to do the theft, to do all the things, you know. And, and what that does, though, is it's a stair-step effect going up. And, and basically, once they start getting recruited by these gangs and get into that environment at a young age, next thing you know, by the time they're 16, 17, 18 years old, 
they're doing some heinous stuff. And, and, and it's really, this law we thought was going to really help a lot of youth and get them out of trouble. What it did, it put more youth in harm's way. Now, here this past August, we went about fixing it. Thank goodness. And we made some changes. Let's put it this way. This is how crazy the law was before we made the changes. Young man, we thought uh, on attempted murder, or actually he was a suspect in a murder case, had left the state and went to Delaware. And because of the way the law was written in 2016 and enacted in 2019, we could not even put out a bulletin on him with his picture to Delaware to try to find him. That's how bad the law was. Now, at that time, if you didn't vote for the law, you know, you, you were a racist, you were whatever. It, you know, they, they basically threw everything in the face that this is, you know, this will help many, many high-risk youth, a lot of the, the black and brown youth that are getting into trouble. And so that was kind of the thing. And, and you know, we had the BLM, George Floyd riots and movement and whatever else. And from that, we saw spurred many, many things. And, and I truly believe that, that Sergeant Nix, um, part of the, the what brought about his fatality, his death, it is the onslaught of this law being passed, put in place. And finally, we fixed it this August where we took away a lot of the things in Race the Age. And I think that's really, really been a good thing. And there's nothing racist to it. If you commit a crime, then we're going to come get you and we're going to arrest you. And, and if you're 14, 15, 16 years old, you don't want to do this because it's not like it was. And believe me, don't believe what the gang people are telling you. If you're listening out there, folks, I'm pretty sure you're probably not to Jeff McNeely because I'm not rapping or I'm not got anything going on. So, But if you happen to, please understand. And any of y'all other, the parents and grandparents out there, make sure you tell your children the, the free pass is not there anymore. That if you're young, we're not going to just slap you on the hand. We're back to actually incarcerating people that do bad things. And I hope you pray that you know where your children are and what they're up to. And when they're your children, they're your children for life, not just till they're 15 years old, not just till they're 18 years old. Know where these young people are. Understand to make sure that they do not do these crazy things that are seem to be going on because it seems to be younger and younger and younger children and their children out here committing heinous crimes, murder, rape, all these different things, armed robbery, crazy stuff. Folks, we're not going to tolerate it as a state. We're going to try to get us back to law and order, and I think that's really important. And Godspeed to Sergeant Nix, because I hate it for his family, and I'm so sorry that this had to happen. Veteran officer seemed like a good man. Off-duty, still doing his job. Unfortunately, he paid with his life, sadly. Well, moving on a little bit, a uh, little bit more of the national news. Uh, Claudine Gay is out at Harvard. This was the uh, chancellor that came before Congress, along with MIT's chancellor, I think, and a, a couple other ones, and, and basically could not uh, define what uh, terrorism is uh, and that uh, Hamas was in the right for 
going and butchering and killing and kidnapping uh, Israelis uh, that started this onslaught that's happening now in Gaza. And so uh, under the firestorm, <coughs> excuse me, under a firestorm of problems, everything from anti-Semitic to plagiarism, uh, amongst other things, uh, they realized that she probably ascended to a role that she really wasn't qualified for. And so now she's been moved back to the department of where she came from at uh, Harvard. And so now she's only going to make around eight hundred to 900000 a year instead of the, the million-plus dollars she was as chancellor. So, you know, did we really do much here? Did we really change? Did we move the needle? Uh, of of understanding, I, I, fortunately, I don't think so. She does not realize what she's done because the penalty wasn't very severe. It wasn't severe. She's still at Harvard. She's still teaching. She's still putting forth evidently her crazy propaganda that she is if she believes that uh, Hamas' attack on Israel is not anti-Semitic and that it's okay. She pretty much allowed that to be said that it's okay when we go to start killing people. So uh, craziness will continue in higher education until we demand better, until we demand more, until we demand that the people that have obviously are gone unhinged are brought back down to earth and reprimanded in the way they should be. We need to find people that are more neutral. We need to find people that maybe even are more conservative, to lead our universities. That would be a change, wouldn't it? We've allowed them to be infiltrated and basically invaded by the left and the craziness of it and the, the liberalities. So hopefully someday maybe we can move the pendulum back when it goes so far. And believe me, folks, in higher education, the pendulum is way, way, way over to the left. And we've got to do something about that. And we've started that here in North Carolina. We actually have some things, and we've talked about removing tenure and got a few things done in some different bills. And I spoke to that earlier this year. Uh, me and a professor from over at UNC debated a little bit. And uh, basically, uh, they would like to be able to have autonomy and do anything they want to in their class. And that's not what we're paying for. We're paying them to educate our youth not to indoctrinate them. And I think we need to understand that, and they need to understand their job. And if they're not doing it, then we need to get somebody that can. Well, moving on to another subject that's kind of been interesting. Uh, Jeffrey Epstein's documents have been unsealed, unclassified, and um, starting to come to light. I think a lot of people out there have been a little nervous. They've been waiting for the other shoe to drop, and so now it kind of has. And uh, it's quite a list of different people that uh, have associated with Jeffrey Epstein over the years. And, folks, if, if y'all believe that Jeffrey Epstein uh, hung himself, then as the old saying goes, I got some beachfront property in Nebraska I need to talk to you about. Because uh, I'm telling you right now, he was taken out because he knew way too much and was involved with way too many. And it uh, seems to be that Bill Clinton's name has come back to uh, – to surface right now. And so uh, we'll see where this all goes. This should be interesting. Uh, you know, I think Jeffrey Epstein, unfortunately, this happens to be one of the many casualties uh, that it happens when you become a, a friend of the uh, Clinton group. 
they seem to have quite a spree of, uh, of bodies and people missing here or there, unusual circumstances to their passing. So, uh, you know, be careful when you get that Christmas card from Bill and Hillary. It's, it's usually a time bomb ticking, so just beware. I do love that Bill Clinton once said whenever they asked him why he didn't make the 50 all-time bad boys of People magazine, Bill said, what's a man got to do to get on that list? Because he's done a lot. All right, folks, hang tight. we got Gray Mills coming here for the second half of the show. Stay with us. All right, we're back here with the, uh, the middle of the show, starting the second part of it. I got my guest on the phone, Representative Gray Mills from down in Mooresville, North Carolina. Gray, how are you this morning, sir? Hey, Jeff, I'm I'm doing fine. I hope you're doing well, and I hope you can hear me okay. We can hear you good, I believe. Things are going good. Now, I, I know you've got to try to catch a plane. You've got a son that's playing in a pretty, pretty prestigious a uh, football game. He's a long snapper. What, what? Tell us a little bit about that. But and then I'm, I'm just going to get you to tell us a little bit about Gray Mills. But what's happening with yeah, him? Yeah, well, I appreciate you. Yeah, thank you, Jeff. I appreciate you having me on the uh, on the radio show. I, I really do. And happy New Year. Happy New Year uh, to you and yours and your family. And you know we're off to a, a busy start to this new year. That's for sure. My youngest son. He's a senior in high school. And as you just said, yeah, he's he's playing in the Adidas All-American uh, Football Bowl. And that's a that's where they take a hundred high school kids from across the nation, and they put them in the Adidas All-American Football game. And he, as you mentioned, he's a long snapper, and uh, we're real we're real proud of him. He's he's a ranked uh, nationally a five-star long snapper by just about every specialist camp there is, and. And um, you know he he he's done good. He he loves throwing that football uh, between his legs back to the punters and the, and the kickers. And that game will be nationally televised on uh, NBC Sports oh, wow. uh, tomorrow. So uh, you're you said it. I, I'm catching a plane. I'm going out there to to watch him. Uh, so running for Congress and 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 going out to Texas to see a football game too in in the middle of it. But that, we're we're proud of him and his accomplishment. Well, a lot going on, and, and you know. Folks out there always understand we all can't get in NC State, so some of us have to go to Carolina. And so I, I hate that, but you know, I, I know I know Grant's heading that way. Well, listen, he 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 had a visit to NC State, and I know you're a big NC State guy. And I got to tell you, they they've got a great um, program with um, you know, and they do a good job there. Uh, but but NC State uh, has a. Um, a, a, a long snapper, a, a, a good long snapper. And so we told him, well, if you want to play and we wanted him to stay in state, yeah. uh, you know, we, we figured the best path was to go to UNC and, and he loves UNC too. So we're in good shape. Hey, Jeff, we're fortunate in North Carolina that uh, we've got a lot of, a lot of good schools and a lot of good athletic programs. So, so we're proud of them all. Well, we are, we're, we're very blessed. Got a great university system. Hey, uh, now that we're, you know, we, we talked about your son, tell, tell us a little bit more about who Gray Mill is. I know I've had you on for just a little bit at time, different times on the show. Uh, you know, the, the way most people know you, the most important thing is, is you're Jeff McNeely's roommate in Raleigh, North Carolina, where we both serve. Well, but, I try not to tell anybody that. Well, I mean, but that's what everybody knows you as. So I uh, just want you to know that. But anyway, tell us a little bit more about it. who is Gray Mills? What, what makes Gray Mills well, tick? Jeff, uh, besides being known as your roommate, uh, I'm really known as 
Jennifer's husband or, uh, yeah. or Alexandria's dad. That, that's how most people know me. But yeah, th- thanks for the uh, question, uh, Jeff. You know, I've, my family traces the roots back here uh, a long, long ways. My, gran- my grandparents were from here, uh, my great-grandparents, my parents, and uh, me and my sisters, we all grew up uh, here in Iredell County, which is a big part now of, of this new uh, redrawn 10th congressional district. And, and so I, I've, I've lived here, I've raised my family here, I've owned a business here, and of course I, um, I served down in Raleigh. Uh, and representing Iredale County, along with you, and I have enjoyed that immensely. It's been a privilege of a lifetime to represent the people of Iredale County uh, in the uh, General Assembly in the State House. And of course, I'm in my fourth term uh, there, so that, that you know we've got this year to go, but that'll be a total eight years in Raleigh after um, after we finish this uh, short session, which is coming up. Well, so I'm I'm proud of where I came from, and and uh, I want to continue serving the good people of this area, and I want to do it in in Congress. Yeah. Go ahead. You were, uh, well, I was just going to say, lifelong resident of Iredell County, so you know Iredell County. We're the largest county in the tenth district, population wise. Forsyth, Forsyth's bigger, but we don't have all of it. We just got part of it. Yeah. So and, Forsyth is is split. Yeah. Yeah. And, and 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 so it's not a whole county. Like uh, like Iredale, you know the district now the way it's redrawn is all of Lincoln, all of Catawba, all of Iredale, uh, Yatkin. I was just up in Yatkin County last night for some of their meetings and meet some of those folks. And as you said, it's got a good portion of Forsyth, but not all of Forsyth. Yeah. All right. Now, uh, you know, one of the questions I, I want to ask, because like I said, you you've got a pretty good gig going down in Raleigh right now. You're you're chair on elections, you're chair on ethics, uh, do a lot of work uh, on different committees, and and done well, and and done a great job representing Iredell County. You know, me, you, Vicky, and 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 Mitchell Setzer, we we brought home a lot of money. Life's pretty comfy. Life's pretty easy. Why does Gray Mills throw his hat in the ring for the tenth district to replace Patrick McHenry, who's not running this time? Why do you do this? Why do you upset the apple cart? Well, well, uh, let me tell you, I um, I thought Patrick was running, and, and he made a late announcement that he was not going to uh, run again for the tenth congressional district. And and when that happened, I mean, I Jeff, just like a lot of people. Uh, same with me. I mean, we look at what's going on in Washington and, um, I mean, to put it bluntly, a lot of what's coming out of Washington is killing the American dream. And the only way we're going to change that is if we change the values of Washington and and we need to take our values up there. And, and that's what I intend to do. And that's the reason I'm running. Sorry about that. Go ahead. Go ahead. But, um, you know, Washington, D.C. is a lot different than where we serve, Jeff. And I don't know if we broke out right there, but I, I hope you, you, you heard that. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's totally, it, 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 you know, in, in, in Raleigh, we get things done. Uh, we've got good leadership and, and we work together. You don't see that coming out of Washington. They are absolutely, uh, you know, a lot of the problems we have are because of the uh, people that we have in Washington and the policies coming out and, you know, our, our president is, uh, you know, not 
failed leadership all the way around. Uh, and we just need to change the, the value system in Washington, D.C., and that's what I intend on doing. Well, I, and, and, you know, uh, it's a mess right now. It's a mess. And uh, it's, it seems like that we're, we're not very well organized on the Republican side. Uh, we're not very well organized on any side, Republican or Democrat, in, in this process. So, so it's going to be a, a hard job. Uh, but, you know, I think you've had eight terms in the House of Representatives here in North Carolina. Well, four terms. Four yeah. terms, excuse Come me, eight years. years. Got to get it right. Four yeah. terms, eight years, excuse me. Uh, so so you've been there. You've done that. Got the T-shirt, as the old say goes. I, I hate to use cliches like that, but what the heck. But uh, so you, you, you kind of get it. You, you know what it's like to craft a bill. Now, there's. They're set up a little bit different, but it's still the main same thing that we do in Raleigh. So having that speak on speak on experience. I mean, you're one of the only candidates in this thing that actually has some legislative experience. On the yeah, you're, well, you're right about that. I'm the only one that actually has a, a voting record that um, the voters of the 10th congressional district go and check and go and see for themselves, hey, how did you vote? And it's extensive. I mean, it's over, like you said, four terms. So when we finish this session coming up, that's basically eight years when you, you know, the long sessions and the short sessions. And Jeff, when, when people do go and look at my record, they're gonna see that I've always voted to protect taxpayers, never voted for a tax increase. I've always voted to promote freedoms and our rights, and that includes our Second Amendment right, that includes our property rights, and I don't know if you remember, but there was even other rights that, that we had to protect. There was a push to uh, eliminate people from owning uh, gas appliances recently. Oh, yeah, in oh, crazy I mean, crap. Even on, the, even on the small things, you know, we have so many people that want to encroach upon our, our freedoms and our rights, and if people look at our voting records, probably a lot like yours, we always vote to stand up. We say, no, we're, we're gonna protect our freedoms and our rights. And of course that also means our, our second amendment rights. But you know, in, in Raleigh, Jeff, I had a, I chaired the house election law and campaign finance committee. And, and um, you know, that was after the 2020 election. So I played a part in all the, the good changes that uh, we've made to our election laws, and I'm proud of that record. I'm proud of that fact. And um, you know, we're in North Carolina, we're we're in a good spot as far as the integrity of of our vote, and it's going to only get better because of some changes that that we made. So, yeah, like you said, I've got a lot of good experience, four terms, consistent conservative voting uh, record, and and Jeff, I'm proud of that, and I will take that same mindset and that same conservative philosophy, along with our value system to Washington, D.C., and that's what I will do. Well, and I and I, I know you. I've known you for a long, long time. At one time, you were the uh, party chair for the Republican Party in Iredell County, been involved in many different facets. You were also our representative at, on the county board of elections as far as anything going on with our election. So you've been involved with our election process in Iredell County, now you're on. You're 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 over 
the chairman of basically our election process in the whole state. And one of the things that I know that you pushed for and championed so hard, and I was right there with you pushing behind you, you maybe didn't feel it, but I was, I swear to God, I was, was that come 7.30 on election day, that's it. Everything's got to be in. All the absentee ballots, everything's got to be in. We're done, and we start counting from there. And that, I think, was one of the best things that you did. We got about 40 seconds till we go to a hard break. We got to pay the bills and run some commercials. But speak a little bit on that. So, Jeff, uh, yeah, Election Day should mean Election Day. We heard that from people across the state. And they said, listen, the delays that we have in our vote count, we want to know the results. We ought to have the results. And people are entitled to the results in a timely fashion. So you're right. That was one of the big changes we made was making election day mean election day. That's when the absentee ballots are due. Yep. Well, I tell you what, we're going to go to a break here right now. We'll be right back with Representative Gray Mills running for the 10th district. Stay tuned, folks. It's getting good. All right, back here with the last part of the show. We've got Representative Gray Mills from down in Mooresville. He's a good Ottawa County boy. He's running for the 10th district to replace uh, Patrick McHenry. Uh, been on the show here now a little bit. But, Gray, let, let me ask you this. Now, you know, what committees maybe or, or what areas, if elected, do you feel like you have a, a, a good handle on and would like to serve in the United States Congress? Well, when, when you think about committee assignments, of course, whoever replaces our, our current representative, they're going to be coming in new. Um, you know, you're, you're going to be, it's going to be your first term regardless of, of who wins. And I intend to win, so it'll be my first term there. But I have had a lot of experience in Raleigh on various committees. And one committee I've really enjoyed a lot is one I'm actually vice chair of. You know, I chair several committees. Yeah. But I'm, I'm vice chair of our judiciary committee, and so I'm interested in in the judiciary committee in Congress. Now, my son is a, a senior at Texas A&M, and he's in the Corps of Cadets. He's a uh, Eagle Scout. He was in the Civil Air Patrol there in Statesville, and 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 he's a pilot, and he's um, seriously considering um, uh, flying for the military. So. You know, when, when I think about that and I talk to him, the uh, Armed Services Committee also interests me, and, and, and that's, he's really gotten me interested in, in, in things of that nature. So, and Armed Services is such a huge committee and plays play such a, a vital role in, in, oh, yeah. in, in our military and everything. So that interests me. Of course, our present representative was on the financial services. Yep. So there may be an opening there. And, you know, Charlotte, I, I know it's not in the district, and uh, it's a it's um you know down in mecklenburg but you know the banking industry plays a, a a key role here in north carolina with a lot of jobs so that may be a consideration because he's not not going to be there but jeff another committee that i chair in um raleigh is the uh is the ethics committee and, yep. and you don't hear a whole lot about ethics but i've actually enjoyed my work on that joint oversight ethics committee i've, I've co-chair of that committee with a senator, a state senator from down east, and um, you know it's important. I mean, we need to. Do they even sure have ethics that, uh, in Washington anymore, though? That's they, the they, question. <laughs> well, they got, Brett, they take got some with you. Go there and take some with you. 
so so they they've got a committee for it uh but uh i'll I'll let you and your uh listeners decide uh how much is actually there <laughs> so, but you said that i didn't <laughs> <laughs> uh you know all right and there's so much going on right now and a whole big group of, of uh, republican congressmen went down to the border the border's chaos me and you have talked personally i've heard you speak on it even on the floor uh, about the things that that you know we've got to do there, I truly believe that that they're leaving these borders open. There's this new term being thrown around called replacement theory. So so the the Democrat Party has gone so far left, so far left. They're losing people, and they've got to figure out a way to replenish. And I think that's one of the reasons they're just letting them march across the border. We've got to do something well, there, Gray. And I know you're passionate yeah. about this. Jeff, this is the number one issue. When when you get out and you, you campaign across um, the entire 10th congressional district, all those counties that, that we mentioned uh, previously, uh, this is this is a, an issue that is, if it's not on top of everybody's mind, it, it's the second or third one. It's such a it's such an issue, and and you're right. Um, you know, we we have got to to stop what's going on we need real reforms and we need to get back to some of the older policies that we used to have with other administrations yeah. that that biden is not enforcing and that includes the trump era uh, remain in mexico policy you know we've got um uh we've had millions probably over 10 million illegal immigrant encounters since since joe biden um assumed the presidency and yeah. hundreds of individuals on our terror watch list have been intercepted at the border. So you're right, and 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 you know it because you hear it in your race. Um, I'm sure it, it it is a priority and a top issue for for most citizens and, and the voters of not only Iredell County but the entire 10th congressional district. Well, you and I both know, like I said, and talking before, we go all over the world and we're the world police with our military. We use them to go here and there and and do this and that. And then it's almost like we we go on an offensive in another land and leave our back door wide open. And it's crazy. It's just crazy. And, and, and you it, and you hear a lot of people across our across our county and across this district, Jeff, with with similar uh, saying the same thing. And and, and um, you're right. I mean, it, it's such an important it's such an important issue well, in immigration and in the border. And, and it, it we cannot continue to do uh, what we're doing now. You know, I saw where the the mayor of New York is going to sue the bus companies that uh, Governor Abbott. Uh, loaded them up and sent them up with. And I'm like, okay, so he's trying to figure out a way to, to keep where the buses won't pick them up. This is crazy. <laughs> Stop the problem. Don't be suing bus companies. Stop crossing the border. It's crazy. Well, now, you know, another yeah, bit. We, we need to. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm listening. Well, uh, n another big issue that's that's out there that if you get in there, you're going to have to tackle is the Ukraine and Gaza, Middle East, I know you stand with Israel. We've talked about this a lot. They're they're our ally, not only biblically but also in reality. Uh, you know, maybe expand a little bit of how you feel there. And I know that's a tough just, subject. You know, and and you were there in Raleigh, and and of course, probably a lot of your listeners are aware of the resolution uh, that we passed yep. in in Raleigh, encouraging our uh, federal lawmakers. Um, to support 
Israel. I mean, we, everyone, your listeners, you, me, we all saw uh, those tragic events unfold uh, in, in Israel. And, and you're right um, in what you said just a minute ago that uh, in my beliefs on that and that we need to stand with Israel. Now, you also mentioned Ukraine. You know, nobody wants to see Putin win, um, but we can't finance another war forever there has to be a plan for victory and and yeah jeff uh, our leadership there uh, we're looking straight at at um at biden i mean he has not crafted a good plan uh regarding that and and that needs to happen well uh, you know th- we've just we've just been throwing money at a problem that's that's not fixing it and and this is typical of yeah, the, the national it, you know, we didn't even mention the national debt, but it, 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 it's it's a one reason why we got to carefully evaluate uh, the Ukraine aid uh, because of the national debt and the runaway spending that we have, and there has to be a plan for victory. Well, I, I mean, that's just it. That, either victory or peace, something. You can't just keep throwing money after money after money. Uh, it, it, and really – no accountability. We we don't exactly know where our money's going. And I saw the other day that they can't find the parts for, to build the missiles. So now we're going to get into a, a missile shortage. And we've done sent a lot of our inventory over to Ukraine. So now we've left ourselves in a bad situation where we're not able to defend ourselves as well as we could. This is getting ready to go in the crazy world. I mean, just, and so well, the, I'm scared. Yeah, the national debt. Yeah, the spending, runaway spending, the national debt is is primarily a reason why we're in such a, a bad shape we are. You know, the national debt has hit new milestones under this administration. Oh, yeah. Just keep going. And, uh, and as as we're, we're broke. There's nobody's coming to ask for the keys yet. That's the only thing about it. Well, we, we got about well, three. It, Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you know, my son, uh, we were talking about him earlier. Uh, he's 18, and, um, you know, Right now, at our debt level, uh, everybody 18 and older older owes a hundred thousand dollars yeah. uh, per citizen. We're we're at we're at historic levels of, of our national debt, and and um, you know it it, it it's got to stop. We cannot continue doing it. We're we're what uh, nearing or over 34 trillion at this point. Yep. So it's um it, it's it's uh it's definitely well, you, an issue and that's the second thing you hear most on the campaign trail is the runaway spending well it is and you know the one thing about us in raleigh we have to have a balanced budget we we cannot print yeah. money we balance our budget wouldn't you love to see the federal try to balance their budget oh my god in, in, in the in the budget we just recently passed uh, had uh, uh protected the taxpayers and uh it funded all the core functions of government uh, yeah. we can do it on state level we need to do it on the federal level it, it, it can be done Folks, it can be done. Gray's seen how to do it. Gray's done it. He's been there. This is important. You're the only one in this race that's got the experience to handle this job. So I'm impressed with you. I, I, you're my guy. I support you 100,000%. We got about two minutes here at the end of the show. Uh, I need about 20 seconds to pray. But give us our spill. Why should we vote for Gray Mills for the 10th Congressional District to replace Patrick McHenry? Well, listen, Jeff, it's it's all about bringing our values to Washington. We've got to change the way that Washington does business. And the only way to do that is to change the value set in Washington. we got to bring our values up there. That's what I intend to do. I'm, I'm, I've always been pro-taxpayer, pro-freedom. 
Uh, that's my voting record. That's my voting history. I'm proud of the votes that I've taken in Raleigh. And, and um, if people look at that, they can see I have a consistent conservative voting record. And I'm going to take that to Washington, D.C. I'd appreciate their, everyone's support. Jeff, I appreciate your support, and I appreciate you having me on. Well, I, I, always good to talk with my roommate. Um, it, 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 sometimes we get enthralled in, in Beverly Hillbillies, and we just sit there and watch instead of really actually talking. But a lot of times, folks, we actually talk, too, and we talk about the issues. And so it's always been enjoyable and been a good roommate to me. And, uh, and that's, the, that's the bittersweet part of this. I'm, I'm going to miss you. But that's a whole other story. Social media. Well, a lot of good people in Raleigh. They are. A lot are. of good people in Raleigh, and, and uh, I've enjoyed uh, serving there. It's been the honor of a lifetime, that's for sure. Yeah, social media real quick, real quick. How do we get Gray Mills? How do we find him? Uh, well, I'm on Twitter. Uh, I am on uh, uh, Facebook, Is is you know, because that's what I do personally. I always enjoy Facebook. So you can find me at Gray Mills, or Gray for Congress on Twitter, at Gray Mills on Instagram and Gray Mills for Congress on Facebook. All right, Gray. I appreciate you. See you, hon. Take care. Safe All flight. Right. Bye. Thank you for having me. Yep. Bye-bye. Dear, dear Heavenly Father, dear Lord, watch over him as in the family as they fly. Dear Lord, watch over all of us and bless America. In Jesus Christ's name, amen.